0: Frizzell, just, I'm sorry again for Sully and the podcast. I'm sorry.
1: Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast about the podcast that is too beautiful to live, coming to you from St. Paul, Minnesota, at the Black Sheep Pizzeria. I'm Ann Lundholm, and you guys, you will not believe who I am here with. I left my house tonight, it was raining cats and dogs, like if we were in Tennessee, we would be going to that fake Noah's Ark that the creationist guy just made, it was raining that hard, but it has not rained here yet, we're hoping that the storm will hold off because I am joined by two luminaries of the TBTL universe. Sitting across the table, holding the big-ass microphone for me is one Phyllis Fletch, Fletcher, hello Phyllis. Hey, Ann,
2: I'm so excited to be here today after a hard day at work at Minnesota Public Radio. I've been looking forward to this all day. And, you know, people were going like, oh, where are you going to go for dinner? What are you going to do? And I was like, I'm going to a pizza place to record a podcast. And they were like, oh, about what? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a podcast about another podcast. <laughs> and, um, and I even went to the level of explaining that... Um, that we were gonna do a show about recording in restaurants and that we were gonna record in a restaurant and by that time I think their eyes glazed over so I'm just happy to be here right
1: now. Well so that's about the usual reaction that you get when you talk about TVTL or LRB and so now sitting to my right, uh, who, he has not yet left to make the long trek back to St. Cod, Minnesota it is Stu, the Stubot Newman. Hello, Stu.
0: Um, I don't mean to sharpshoot you right away, but I think that Creationist museums in Kentucky, not Tennessee. So I apologize to our Tennessean tens and our Kentuck tens. What, what the hell's up, guys? Just come on. Um, anyway, it's a great to be here. It's great to be with P. Fletch. Um, it's great to see Anne again. Um, this is just this is awesome. I don't have to drive like, to St. Cloud yet, and I can just eat pizza and drink beer and then be on a podcast so that's like a perfect three for three for me am i eating the mic enough by the way phyllis
2: you're you're all over it it's all good awesome
0: good 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 um so what's on tap for tonight ann
1: um we haven't actually worked this part of the plan out yet um as far as we got was phyllis saying in our chat hey while i'm in minnesota why don't ann and i get together and do something and ann said Yes, And Phyllis said, I'm going to see if I can get Stu to do it with us. And I said, yes, exclamation point, exclamation point. And she said, why don't we do a show about recording in restaurants? And so I hope she has some really good ideas about what we're going to do.
2: Yes, I love things that bring the old and the new together, right? And to, see, to find through lines in the show and things that change and things that are... Um, that are constants. And one of the things I have loved and have noticed over the years is that whenever they um, record in public, the guys, especially, Luke and Andrew, in their current era, are extremely, extremely embarrassed. <laughs> and I've always thought that was so funny for people who are in radio, because we have to record under all kinds of conditions with people, um, you know, I mean, obviously in the most extreme, with people doing, you know, very, very serious reporting, they're, you know, um, working in war zones and are literally under fire. But even things that, you know, stuff I've talked to Andrew about on the show of just like, you know, how... Having to do kind of man on the street things when people aren't into it and the way that you know people look at you and sometimes you know they can see that lack of confidence and they're just like you suck I hate you and you're like I hate myself <laughs> so I just I love hearing things about them being uncomfortable in public and um, I found a couple of gems of them recording in a restaurant that I just thought were Really cute and really fun, and and I'm excited to share them with people. Um, so that's that's the main thing I wanted to to bring out today. Does that sound okay?
1: Yeah, and even when you guys went bowling, whatever that was, a few weeks ago, a month ago now, and you just went over and started talking to Papa from Costa Rica, and Andrew's like uh uh, and then you kind of got into it, and that was one of the best parts of the show. <laughs> was him telling you to get better by knocking down more pins. (laughs) That was great,
2: and we totally deserved it. And I have to say, right when I went over there, I was a little nervous. I was like, oh, God, he's going to think we're dorks. We're going to get kicked out. But I was like, I have to do it anyway. I have to do it. Like, this is my job right now to go up to this person. So, I mean, it wouldn't be entirely comfortable right now if I went up to any of the fine people around us and interrupted their dinners or something like that. But, you know, you pick your spot. So um, I'm, I'm excited to um, have us listen to this first one. Now, this one was, uh, was official. They were officially supposed to be at Zeke's Pizza. They were doing a promotional um, celebration of their show early on in the radio days. Um, so, that, so Sean was, um, was broadcasting from back at Cairo, and uh, Luke and Jen were at Zeke's Pizza, in February 2008, they were um, excited for Sean to be able to get there, but he couldn't get there until after the episode ended that night, so they wanted to check in with Sean.
3: Sean DeTori, we love you so much. Can you hear us? Yes. Papa, can you hear me? Yes, I Papa, can.
1: can, Papa. can you see me?
3: Sean, I know that this is really lame for you, because we're here getting crazy, at uh, Zeke's, Fifth and Denny, and you're... How's it going back at Cairo uh, headquarters?
1: Actually, the place just burnt down. <laughs> and I'm just eating my turkey and cheese sandwich. So I'm amidst a bunch of rubble. lands has got a broken leg. So no news at the bottom of the hour. Sorry. That's the news. Send a fire truck. And some pizza. And if you're coming from Fife, bring a bucket of water. Uh, when are they giving that guy a
3: show? That's that right there. This is this is what happens. This is what happens with Sean D'Antoni on our program. Is that he'll sit there? He's like a, he's like a ninja. He's like a silent assassin. He'll sit there for three to six hours of show, just silently, not saying anything, and then he'll pipe up for thirty seconds, and it'll be the funniest thirty seconds of the, of the entire show. the entire
1: week. Radio gold. That's right. In All seriousness, though, Sean. Yeah, you're hooked up jason's coming to pick you up right at 10 o'clock at the back door and he's bringing you right here that's awesome and we are going to take care of you when you get here that is Rah! awesome
3: <laughs> uh well thank you sean for your uh, diligent service there no,
1: no problem
2: <laughs> all right so um Stu has a question what's your question
0: is zeke's pizza kind of like a dive is it a chain what is what is zeke's pizza for those of us who don't know
2: Zeke's Pizza is a small chain in Seattle, um, so there's, there's a couple of them.
0: Okay, and would this be the type of place where, like, Luke Burbank thrives, basically? Like, his, this is like a Luke Burbank spot, is what we're saying. There's no natural light, and it's just pizza and people yelling at each other and a decent cocktail menu.
2: You know, I think it's in between. It's in between like happy-go-lucky family time restaurant and like, you know, just a little bit darker of a place, partly because of where that one is located. You've heard the guys talk about probably a place called the Five Point. That is total Burbankian dive territory. This Zeke's that they were at is like one block from the Five Point. So it's like things can get a little crazy, probably especially late at night, but it's still like a pizza place.
0: Yeah, and this was like a radio station promo. Is that, that's, okay. Because I, I listened to the clip, and it's just like, this just sounds like, um, it sounded like you, the seeds of what TBTL would become were there. But it was still like trying, you know, cut into commercials, obviously, is what makes it sound. But it was a little, you know, the what it eventually became was already there, I think. Does that make sense? So, yes, that, that was my takeaway from it. And do you have anything?
1: Was that the episode um, where they were uh, buying your, buying people pizza because they hadn't figured out the mystery solvers it was the maririan mystery solvers and they had failed to solve the mystery and so luke had promised to buy pizza wasn't that the deal i think
2: it was they they did mention maririan in this they also had um the gal who had the book that she wanted to find from her childhood that her mother used to read her and um, what they eventually found out why they were failing with that mystery solvers was because the woman was swearing up and down she had remembered the title correctly, but what came out in this episode was that uh, that she had misremembered the title and that neither she nor her mom was sure exactly what the title was. So I think there were two mystery solvers things going on in this episode. (laughs)
1: And I seem to remember that this was not a particularly successful TVTL event. I mean, like, they had a party after their first night, and that was, like, them and Jason and a cake. But uh, this one wasn't much better, I don't think. Mm. No, I think, like, literally a couple people came. Oh, boy, we got our pizza. <laughs> Thank,
2: you. Thank you. Thank you. Not right now. Right now. Thanks. Pizza guys, dig in. Yeah, what do we got here, Stubat?
0: Um, we have the uh, number four and the number five, um, half and half, from the uh, Black Sheep. Um, half is meatball and ricotta. The other half is hot salami, fennel sausage, uh, onion, and cracked green olive. And they are both amazing slices of pizza. Now... Should we eat into the mic just to pay? Luke, well, uh, Luke and Andrew don't listen to it. Never mind. Um, they might listen to it because uh, the number three and number four of TBTL are on the on the show. <laughs> the line of succession. I I've, I watched that for Sutherland show just to see where I stand in the TBTL line of succession ranks. But um, I don't know. I'm, I'm at a crossroads here about just eating like a pig or like eating sort of like a pig and recording.
2: Do it. Eat. Yeah, I think you're right, Anne, that that this was not a particularly well-attended TBTL event, which um, you kind of hear as the as the episode goes on that they're saying, hey, come on down, you know, we got pizza and stuff. And I think about that, I think about them doing that that night, and I think that must have been really, really hard. Oh, yeah. And um, I think that that's part of what makes the Sean moment so funny. Because he just comes out of nowhere with like, yeah, the whole place burned down. (laughs) Lan Archer broke his leg. (laughs) Like just something to break the tension, you know, to go like, you know what? Things aren't that bad. (laughs) We're okay.
1: So I want your opinion on this. What is worse? Having no people attend? Having like three people attend? or i don't know i guess from there it would get better so is it better to have just nobody at all or just a couple people
2: i think i think having nobody at all is worse and part of what makes that stick in my mind is because i think that is the situation they had with that first you know party that they had where jason brought the cake and and it was so sad that he didn't bring the cake in from the car (laughs) so that tells me that that's worse (laughs) but at this one at least a couple people showed up and there was some levity and i mean i guess they had to have levity in it they were on the air they couldn't just be sitting there moping or something but um... when i've heard him describe that night afterwards the way he has described it it sounds like it was hard because he's there broadcasting in a pizza place, and people are kind of just, it's kind of like doing dinner theater when no one will pay attention, you know? (laughs) Because you're like, well, I know people are listening to this, but the people here don't understand what's going on. So I think that that was probably hard, even though a couple people showed up.
1: And I think that Sean really did save that segment, because that was such a a cathartic laughter. Like They laughed harder than they should have. At that joke because they were just so tickled by it.
0: If you would have been listening at the time, you would have known. Oh, there's a little more to this story than is you know currently being broadcast. There's a level to this that we're not quite getting yet, which is like a TBTL like feature now. Is that oh, what 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 is the second meaning of this thing that they just said? What's oh the, oh there's a third meaning. Oh, and they say oh Andrew, and then there's a fourth <laughs> meaning. So well, I'm eating a pizza into the microphone, Luke. If you're listening to this. <laughs> I just swallowed a giant piece of fennel sausage. So I am not on my low-carb grind, though, because I'm eating, like, pizza with it. So sorry about that.
2: <laughs> it looks amazing. I'm going to have some. So um, before I have some, I should introduce the next segment. This is something where the, the embarrassment is much more um, palate-forward, if you will. <laughs> so this, uh, this episode was originally a secret show. And um, they eventually made it a regular show, and it was Luke and Andrew go to Arby's.
3: We walked into the Arby's, we uh, had we ordered our food, we sat down, we started eating, and then at one point I knocked the recorder over, and then it had some kind of a problem, and now we don't know if any of this has been recorded, if um, the drive over here was recorded, if the um, uh the part where we ordered the food. So let me just recap this for people. When we came in, we we ordered and we asked the lady if um if if she uh if the beef brisket sandwich was actually roasted for thirteen hours. And she gave first she gave this look like she was like the sandwiches were horrible and yeah. she and she said and I believe her quote excuse me, I'm well into my Arby sandwich right now. <laughs> so I'm getting the repeats as Sean would say. So she um she said uh first she said, it looks like a small child. Which I thought was just her way of dissing the product, but no, then she went on to say that it's amazing. She (laughs) does the prep, and that it's like delicious, and that she had one, and that it's
4: unreal. And that it slices off like bacon, and she was very excited about the cheeses they put on it. So, So, I I mean, Walsh, if you can join the League of Extraordinary Briskets, Mm -hmm. I would highly recommend it. Maybe I will, but the same thing that like when you came in you looked at the menu and you're like wow there's so many options now i should try something new but i can't pick for myself i would have to come to arby's so often before i'd start deviating from what i always get
3: okay so again because i think we lost i think we lost the middle part of this deal where we came in we ordered we let's recap Walsh Key for for folks what what did we end up going
4: with from a culinary standpoint here sorry <clears throat> These are called the Mad Maxes. Is that correct? <laughs> yes. The roast beef Max now, and that used to be the, that used to be the. What do you call it? The Big, the, Montana. The Big Montana. I was going to say the Boulder, Colorado, and I knew <laughs> that wasn't it either. Yeah. Um, so to catch you up, the Boulder, Colorado, is now the Mad Max,
0: uh-huh.
4: and um, this is all science. So we each got one of those, a Mad Max sandwich or a. a, a roast beef max, and then I got the curly fries, as I was saying in the car, of course you're going to get the curly fries, but you didn't get the curly fries, what are these things? I stupidly ordered these potato wedges, which I was always intrigued by because,
3: you know, for like <clears throat> McDonald's breakfast, they have those potato mm-hmm. things, which are amazing, and my favorite part of the entire McDonald's breakfast experience, <clears throat> but, um, so whenever I see potato wedges, I'll often get them, but these are, these are not, these are not good not good at all. Um,
4: Help yourself to the fries. I'd like to point out right here, this is the only perfect curly fry in the whole box. So we got a nice, tight curl that's a long fry. Is it upsetting to you
3: that I am done with my sandwich and you are about four bites into yours? Mm.
4: Well, I was dealing with some other things. But, um, I was dealing with technical difficulties. Mm, I just tried the three, try some of the pepper sauce. Did you try it Yep. I'll try it on a potato curl thing, not Curl, but wedge. Hmm, pretty good.
3: Not bad. You know what? I need to, I need to try with a curly fry. Sorry, yeah, I got to get official no, here. So, oh, that's good. That that's not bad. So this is, this is what I call, not having a middle gear in my life in mm. anything. Since I don't like these potato wedges, I'm gonna go get another RB sandwich and eat that instead of mm. my potato wedges. In some kind of justification that I invented in my own mind because I love Arby's so much.
4: Do it. You're really going to go get another sandwich?
3: I'm not going to get a Max. Okay. I'm going to get a small one. Okay. A but mini. A mini. Okay.
4: Okay. Okay. That sounds good. I'll hold down Try not to you. break the recorder okay. while I'm gone. That's a tall order. Do you want anything else? Uh, no, thank you.
0: <clears throat> Look who's eating his way through Arby's. Pac-Man. Arby's new Pac-Man glass is so popular, everything at Arby's is being gobbled up. There goes a roast beef deluxe. There goes a sub. Whoops. There goes our logo. Come to Arby's today for your fabulous Pac-Man glass. But you better hurry. That Pac-Man is insatiable. There's no stopping him. Get your official Pac-Man glass today, only at Arby's.
4: Oh, how'd it go? How's that a couple of
3: other things. A uh, couple of other things I've learned now about our friend uh, who was working at the front uh, counter. She's really funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's the one who said that the uh, <clears throat> the smokehouse brisket looks like a small child when it shows up in its packaging, and they are gonna they're gonna trim it down. When I went over there, she goes, "Are you still hungry?" She <laughs> goes, "What are you having a baby?" And I said, maybe. She goes, "Yeah, an Arby's baby." <laughs> It was an awesome. It was like the most awesome burn of all time. Marry me. I know, like right in front of her manager, she was trying to talk me out of buying more of their stuff. I was like,
4: I don't like you. Well, are you happy? Is this what it, is this everything? This is a. To be? This
3: is amazing. But now let's just talk about it. I'm catching up to you. I'm lapping you. I'm on. I'm on my second Arby's sandwich and. I now have about 50% of this left, and you have about, I'd say, a third of yours left.
4: But a couple of things going on here. If we weren't recording this and I didn't feel the need to be talking, this would be gone by now. I'm just too embarrassed to eat with my mouth full. Secondly, I have a question for you. Do you think one of the appeals of Arby's is that it is incredibly easy to eat fast? Mm-hmm. It's like, if you could, this would be a good, uh, like, kind of contest food. Like, how many can you eat?
3: Right, because it's very, um, it's compactable. It's easily compactable with your mouth. Um... This is all, though, I mean, so much stuff is happening in this Arby's in Northgate right now that is tied into, like, bigger shit for me. One, <clears throat> if this was alcohol, you know what I mean? It's like, this is why I don't have one drink. Because mm-hmm. if I have one drink, I'm like, that was good. I should have another one. I had one Arby's. Like I haven't been to, I mean, I, I went to an Arby's like a month or two ago. That was the first time in, like, years. Because I don't let myself eat this kind of food very often. So what do I do? I come in, I eat a max. I'm like, that was good. I want more of that. Mm-hmm. I just went and got another one, which I've wolfed down. And, like, I just don't have a middle gear. You know what I mean? I just don't have, like, a I, – I just don't, like, oh, that was good, and then that was sufficient, and, like, let my stomach catch up, and then I'll just go, you know, drive to Portland and host Livewire. <laughs> like, that's not just – my brain doesn't work that way. My brain is, like, we're, when we're going for it, we're going for it.
4: While I worry for you, and I have been worrying for you for a long time, in this particular case, I worry more for your dear wife, who will be sharing a <laughs> car ride down to Portland with you. Let me just point out, we don't,
3: uh, we don't do, we don't, we don't do any of that stuff around each other mm. intentionally. This itself could be a secret show. <laughs> the question of preserving the mystery mm-hmm. and how much preserving the mystery is is useful, and how much of it is. Luke spends eighty percent of his life holding in a fart.
4: So in this case then, it's gonna be a rough ride down for you potentially.
3: No no, this is fine. You know what's you know what will save my bacon? <clears throat> so to speak. And literally. I've been laying off the booze juice lately. Mm. Alcohol, like a lot of alcohol in my stomach, like the next day, that roils my stomach. Mm-hmm. I mean, my stomach's pretty, is <clears throat> actually pretty, pretty um, Teflon, pretty bulletproof if I'm not like battling a hangover or like 11 gin and tonics or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, as it actually, hey, what's up? <laughs> 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 That was for that was for those of you who can't see, which would be everybody who's not me and Andrew. That was our favorite Arby's employee of all time. She just walked over. She just started giving us this look from like a mile away. Like, what are those two weirdos doing?
4: I'm um, hoping that she becomes part of the this regular TV Tail universe. If we can just bring her into the show from time to time, call in. I would love it. She was telling me also up there about how her boyfriend got in a motorcycle accident, and now he
3: he's, he was just had to be like in a wheelchair for three months, so he's getting a huge gut. So she always says to him, are you having my baby? <laughs>
4: <laughs> I am absolutely... When you look forward to something for a really long time, it usually does not live up to it. Yeah, And I was a little worried that I woke up today and I wasn't going to be hungry enough. Because um, I woke up and just raced to your place, you know, and usually it takes me a couple of hours to kind of get hungry in the morning. I have absolutely no regrets. That was absolutely what I needed. That was
3: better than I hoped it would be, considering we didn't record half of it, the Arby's lady made fun of me, <laughs> and I'm now late for going to Portland. Totes
4: worth it, completely worth it. Absolutely.
3: Hey, what's your I, name? Uh, yeah. We're just—it's. We, we, I thought you were really funny. I liked your joke about me being <laughs> pregnant. Yeah.
4: Anybody that takes him down. We're, do, we're yeah. recording this
3: for a little radio show that we do, and we've been talking about making a trip to Arby's for the longest time.
4: Okay. So. It's been forever since I've been to Arby's. Like years.
3: Your name is Jocelyn. Jocelyn, you've worked here for three months. You said. Yes. Um. How do you like it so far?
5: I like it. It's good. It's how many? Fun.
3: How many sandwiches a day do you end up eating? Like, are you just? Cause, yeah. None. Why none?
5: You don't no, eat where you work? Uh, no, not really. My boyfriend likes the beef and cheddars, but no, not really. I like the chicken here. The chicken's good.
4: Did you eat it before you worked here, but now you're around it No, so actually,
5: I didn't barely really? eat Arby's at all. I think I've probably had it, like, maybe three times in my whole life.
4: <laughs> do you
3: like it, though? I mean...
5: Yeah, I do. I don't really like the beef is as it much. Because, yeah. As much because... I don't know, because I work here. Yeah. Yeah. It's just because I know.
4: (laughs) (laughs) What do you know, Jocelyn?
5: Well, I know how it's cooked and stuff. I mean, we bake it, and then we serve it, and it's good.
3: You did say that the brisket looks like a small child when it shows up,
5: though. You can't put that. One of them that I took out of the fridge, one of them that I took out of the fridge, when I took it out, it was seriously like this big, and it was huge and it was like oh my god it looks like a small child it was huge but no it's good though it's so yummy like i said when you, when you slice it it looks just like bacon awesome well, yeah jo-
3: jocelyn you're you're awesome thank you thank we you. appreciate thank it thank
5: you what show is
3: that gonna be on? just don't worry you're not gonna this get in trouble i promise podcast. don't worry about it
5: oh god my boss goes on the internet all the time. <laughs> 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 <Your boss. laughs>
3: That's the best answer I've ever heard. So Andrew, in trying to kind of make her not stress that it's just an internet podcast, and her response, if we didn't get that on the recording, was, damn it, my boss goes on the internet all the time.
2: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, Anne, what did you love about that?
1: (laughs) Or what questions do you have? Well, I think that Luke speaks truth when he says that those potato wedges are bullshit. Everybody knows that Second. curly fries are the way to go with Arby's. You do not mess around with those potato wedges. I mean, what was he thinking? Yeah, I haven't
2: been to Arby's in decades. Do you have specific thoughts about Arby's other than that very specific one where you're supporting the, the potato, the, the curly fry? Um.
0: If you um, spend a, actually um, the hotel you're at here in St Paul if you were to like go the opposite way of NPR right out of that sky bridge slash skyway is it is what we, what we call the sad Arbys in the skyway <laughs> yeah. it's it's just kind of gray and drab and sad and everyone there like you know they walk in it's like Joe versus the volcano it's like all oh, everyone's shoulders just kind of hunch the minute they get in the sky now, it's a hunch, and they get their big Montana and their curly fries and their and their their quiet misery over their boring <laughs> suburban life. Um, so that's my thought. But thing is, I think sometimes Arby's does get a bad rap. It is it's it's the closest um, fast food place to our house in St. Cloud. And you know when there's like you know like what are we gonna do for dinner tonight? I don't want to cook. You don't want to cook. There's a twenty dollar bill we are going to go get us a five-for-five five deal, we get the beef and cheddar, get the curly fries, because we're not animals, right. and um, we have a good time, because I think Arby's does get short-sold sometimes in the world of fast food. Anne, what do you have to say about that?
1: I agree with you that I think that Arby's is mistakenly put into a lower tier of fast food. See, I think that... Um, Wendy's and Arby's have gotten switched in the public consciousness Like, cuz I always thought that Wendy's was a little bit more down market and Arby's was a little more up I mean let's be real none of this is up market and we're not talking Panera <laughs> but um, I'm wondering maybe if it's the hat you know this the, the Arby sign that's the hat that's just so strange-looking I think I was probably a teenager before I figured out what that was supposed to represent and I was like oh okay it's Western. I got it, but I do enjoy Arby's—not for a long, long, long time, as you said, Phyllis. But uh, I think it's—it's it's quality crap food.
0: <laughs> there's a couple around here that have the old big hat signs. Mm-hmm. Well, they, like I know there's one in Roseville, like right by the state fairgrounds, and there's one. It's as it, it, the name of the property is actually Arby's Island, which is the worst reality show ever. But it's it, um, it's in right on the like uptown area of Minneapolis. It's like a it's like a, uh, like a three-way stop, and it's like a, a like a triangular like tract of land that the Arby's is on. It's got a big giant electronic Arby's hat, and it's amazing. And you can look it up on the internet if you want to. But um, did I have a point for this story? No, Need a point? no, I don't. Um, going back to the actual audio clip, what was the name of the person they were talking to up there? At
1: the, uh, Jocelyn. Was it Jocelyn? Yep.
0: I think she's who we have to worry about for our roles as the TBTL super subs, because I think she's funnier than like I know she's funnier than me and you, and she's funnier than Luke and Andrew too, probably. <laughs> I think if she got her own podcast, I would listen to that before TBTL actually. So because she had good jokes and she had a really good perspective on life, and Jocelyn, here's to you.
2: Yeah, that's right. Even Andrew said we should be calling into her. We should somehow make her a regular on this show. That's what I love about when they record in public because they always encounter somebody. You know, there's always some interesting interaction, and it always it takes me back to my early days of holding a microphone when everyone seemed to have that spark and that magic. And and um, I I think that that's part of what I love that they bring to it that they always they always manage to have some kind of encounter like that. And I don't know if part of it is their nervous energy or something that they're kind of interacting with people more or just that it's captured. But I love that and I love the tones of their voices. I mean, they, to me, maybe it's because I know how they are about this stuff, but I hear the embarrassment. Do you guys hear that?
1: Yes, you can hear the self-deprecation from a mile away and how they, they leap in to say, oh, it, it's just this, well, first they say radio show because they fully expect that she's not going to understand what a podcast is, which she doesn't. But they're always so sheepish when they talk to people out in, in the wild, or even back when um, they did the Pokemon episode and they talked to those two ladies in the park. And they didn't even tell them what the name of the show was, in case the ladies wanted to hear themselves on the imaginary radio. That's crazy.
0: Um, Although it's fair to say there's, like, two different levels of embarrassment. There's the Luke embarrassment, where he'll just, like, you know, quickly apologize, it's TBTL, it's a podcast, nobody listens, and on to the question. Andrew actually apologizes. (laughs) He'll, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's a podcast we're invading your personal space. Again, I'm sorry. My name is Andrew Walsh. I live at, you know, this is my phone number. I'm sorry. So, that, that, so there are a couple different levels because that's the Luke and Andrew dynamic.
2: But even just the, the um, <clears throat> I think the biggest vocal change that I detected was in Luke, though, because Andrew always has that sheepish way of carrying himself, but Luke was like, oh, my God, I just spilled on the recorder, we don't know if anything is recorded, and you know what happened. Like, it sounds very conspiratorial, which is a fun side of Luke that I feel like we don't normally get to hear because usually he is so confident. And then when he's like, "Oh, oh God, I don't even know if this stuff is on here," and then this happened, and then she said, and we said, and blah blah blah. Like, it's so cute. It's hysterical. I love that, and I love when he's um, recounting what she said about um, about the <laughs> the meat and what it looks like when they put it in the oven. That it looks like a small child. I mean it's so gross. I think sorry, Arby's, that might uh, that might have put me off uh, off of you for, for a good while because I just oh, uh, I can't even think about having to handle a big old slab like that. But you know, I'm a, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a city gal. I don't even spend that much time in the kitchen, so you know, I probably just get easily, easily skeeved by that. <laughs> I don't know. What What about you guys? Do you think you're gonna go to Arby's anytime soon?
0: Um, I think so. Even though now we, you put me in mind of the the childlike qualities of the slab of meat, and then like the slice gets that weird labial quality to it. And I, God. sorry, I'm sorry. I'm so, God, I'm so sorry. I just said that, didn't I? I just said that. Oh God, Frizell. I'm sorry, Frizell. I know that you're listening to this, and I know in Austin they don't cotton to that type of language, but but yeah i'll probably go to arby's this week now i'm hungry for it so over to you Ann. i'm gonna quit talking <laughs> so <sorry.
2: laughs> so <sorry. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and anything else about luke or andrew or jocelyn that came up for you
1: I've been thinking about what Stu said about the different types of embarrassment they had. I'm so
0: glad you went with that part of what I said. So (laughs) thank you. Thank you.
2: Trust me. I'm going to go home and look in the mirror later.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is not getting edited out. (laughs) But back to my point, I think Luke's embarrassment comes from the fact that he's afraid he's, he's not looking cool whereas Andrew's embarrassment is because he's afraid of the potential interaction because he's afraid of bothering people as you said which is a quite quite a charming combination I think between the two I, of them
0: That's why the show works. It's entirely why the show works. Their dynamic is what made 2100 of these episodes work is well not all 2100 cuz Andrew's <laughs> a he's a late addition but the the 1,000-odd episodes that they've worked on, that's why it works so well, I think, is that that's, like you said, that friction, that little, you know, their different personality types seem to really mesh well, as far, especially interacting with the public.
2: You know, I'm so glad you pointed that out because I forgot about this other um, this other thing I know about Luke that I think he's talked about on the show before. Even when he was a reporter at NPR, he never wore headphones. And it's because... I mean, there there are a few different ways you could describe it, but part of it is that it really doesn't look cool. <laughs> I'm wearing them right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> First of all, you show a lot of face when you're wearing the headphones. There's no, <laughs> no there's there zero. No no Unless it, I you specifically do a headphone hairdo, which I have done, and I did the other day um, for a Skype appearance I had where I had to wear headphones, but. Um, they look dorky they 're huge and they 're ridiculous and um, and I think that part of the way he carries himself I mean he 's a cool guy, and if you're going to work with being a cool guy and not work against it, you can't wear the headphones and so um, and I've heard him talk about how he would not wear headphones and he would just ca- have a more kind of casual use of his mic you know i 'm very specific about how I pointed and and where and he probably was too in a way, but just his, his posture of how he would do that was a much more casual way of carrying yourself. And the headphones just don't go with that. So he never used them. And all his stories were great. They were great. And, I mean, people will, you know, people in radio will be like, oh, you know, not using headphones is like not, it, not looking into the, you know, what used to be the viewfinder when you were using a camera. You know, you have to wear headphones or you don't know what you're getting. But what he got was great every time. So, so his... His, despite his objection to headphones, he does excellent radio, um, even though he, he doesn't use them except in the company of, or, of uh, people he knows really well or the privacy of his home. <laughs> he wouldn't be wearing these big old dorky things no matter what. Well, so what's our power out on Arby's and, and on the secret show that they recorded in the um, no longer existing uh, Northgate Arby's in Seattle?
0: America's Roast Beef. Yes, sir. <laughs>
2: Wait, wait,
1: wait! We have the meats.
2: Oh, nice. <laughs> Was that one of their sayings? Was that's that the one? Current
0: one. That's yeah, their... that's the current tagline. That's the with Bing Rhames as the voiceover from Pulp Fiction, Ving Ra- you knew that, right? The Ving Rames is he? Oh, he does all their voiceovers now. What? It's that's what Ving <laughs> Rames has come to. As he's gone from the the best part of Pulp Fiction to doing the voiceovers for Arby's, so. Um, But I'm sure he's getting paid a mint for it, so it's all okay. But America's Roast Beef, Yes, Sir, was the one that I grew up with. And um, it did not have a weird labial quality when it was said by whoever said it. Let's say Mason Adams or something. I don't know. But I'm going to quit talking.
2: Well, we have recorded here at Black Sheep Pizza in St. Paul, Minnesota. I have felt not a shred of embarrassment whatsoever whatsoever. Hopefully you guys haven't either. (laughs) Maybe the beer is helping. I don't know, but I just think it's been really fun. And no one's even acting like it's that weird. Like, maybe this is normal now to do this.
0: Uh,
1: Because this is Minnesota. It is
0: Minnesota. um, Even if it's not normal, you don't want to cause a scene by asking, what are you doing? However, um, my other uh, podcast, the Sportive Podcast, um, we have recorded in, like, the suburbs, and we have had, you know, bartenders and patrons just come up to us and go, what are you doing? And like we're like breaking the law or something by having a microphone and a splitter at the table, and it's like um, we're just recording a podcast, and they're like, "Oh, okay," and they walk away and like get twenty bucks worth of pull tabs and you know feel sorry about their marriage, but uh, so yeah, this is um, this is new to me. I was I think maybe the fact that it's just a little more you know it's kind of you know a quiet night. Um, it's a little, little rainy outside. It's green out right now actually. So it's probably like, oh, um, that means hail, right? Yep. Yes, thank you. We have the the hail expert Ann Lundholm here. Um, so it's uh, it's it's nice. I like it. So I'm going to quit talking again now.
2: <laughs> well, and also, I realized we're like three blocks from a radio station. So maybe this literally happens here every day. Like we don't know. So power out. Until next time, this is the next party,
1: and we love you, Jen. I nailed it. Nice. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Ha, (laughs) ha, (laughs) ha,
2: Bobby.